0: Wednesday night at 7.30 we're going to have a family Bible study and continue in the book of Ephesians starting with Ephesians 2 verse 1 in that portion for the next two weeks we'll be studying that. There won't be a Thursday study since Sylvia is away. So no Thursday study this week or the following week. On Friday night there will be the Friday groups. Also from the baptism last week we had a couple of towels left. A pink one and a green one. So if that belongs to you and you know there's down, it's got to be one of the 14 people that were baptized last week, which is a great blessing. So please see uh, Ed Broom for that. He'll have that for you. We also have a new bulletin that has come out for the month of August. Can you believe August is tomorrow? will be the first of August. And you know that's going to lead to Labor Day, and Labor Day is going to lead to Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is going to lead to Christmas. Well, I mean, <laughs> time goes so fast. Oh, fast. But praise be to God, he's with us every day. But this is the new bulletin, and on the bulletin it says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God besides me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Beautiful picture. Pick up the August bulletin. We have quite a few announcements. A couple things to note, we're going to have a special video this month on the book of Daniel, and that will be on Wednesday night, August 17th at 7.30. The men's dinner will be on Monday night, August 22nd at 7 o'clock. You can see Jim Hyde for that. The women's dinner will be on August 29th, one week later from that. You can see Sonia to sign up for that. We also have an ice cream social plan. Now, we planned this before, we never were able to have that, so we're going to plan to have it this month, and it'll be on Friday night, August 26th at 7 o'clock. You can see Debbie Cabrera on what to do and bring for that. Ice Cream Social. And then the final announcement is Carl Knott. Carl Knott will be arriving shortly at the end of this month of August, coming up. And he's going to speak his first message on Wednesday night, August 31st. And his topic, the book of Nehemiah. That is an exciting book. It's so encouraging, so much a blessing. So he'll be here for about two weeks, and he'll be giving a message every Sunday, And he's going to be speaking also on Wednesday and on Monday nights during that time. And I believe on Thursday mornings he's going to speak too, but I'm not positive. Is he? Yes, Thursday mornings also. So we look forward to Carl, and he's bringing his wife this time, and she hasn't been here in over 25 years back from the mission field. So we're looking forward to seeing her, meeting her, and being with her. At this time now, Taylor's going to sing a song for us, and then following that, our dear brother Jim Hyde will bring us the message.
1: We sleep. true.
2: Well, you were right, it did bring a tear to my heart and to my eye, if I'm not mistaken that 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 song was written out of a tragedy. The writer had a tragedy in her life and then she penned the song. And I never talked to her about my topic for the message. My message today is on peace. And I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, we know you're with us today. And Lord, we just pray that you speak to each one of us. Speak to us through the words that are spoken today. Speak to us through your written word. And Lord, may you clear our minds, and may we just hear, not just listen, but hear what you want us to hear. Lord, I'm thankful for Taylor and her song, and Lord, we know you have a message for us today. And Lord, I pray it's just a message from you, and I ask your blessing upon our time together. It's in your name we pray. I titled today's message, Where Do You Get Peace in a Peaceless World? Where do you get peace in a peaceless world? I'd like to ask you to remember back to the first time you went to the beach when you were a young child. And you heard somewhere somebody say, you can hear the ocean in a seashell. And you were excited to see if that was true, to hear if it was true. And you were looking for a seashell this, that was big enough to put up to your ear that was, in, that was, in, uh, that was a whole seashell. And you, were, you had anticipation. You had an enthusiasm that you wanted to hear that ocean in a seashell. And you found one. And I remember the time I found one, I put it up to my ear. I didn't even look to see if it was clean. I didn't even look to see if something was in it. But I found one, and and I remember, you can hear the ocean in a seashell. And I remember, I must have been five or six, and I put it up, and I held my breath, and I put it up to my ear, and I got real still, And I wanted to hear the ocean, and I put it up to my ear, and I heard something. Well, at that time, I thought it was the ocean, but in reality, it's not really the ocean. You pretty much can do the same thing by cupping your hand over your ear. (laughs) But what I want us to focus on is the intent of hearing, is the intent of hearing. Not just listening, but hearing. God speaks to us every day. He speaks to us every moment of every day. He wants our attention. The problem is that we listen only when we want to or when we think about it. God has much to say to help us through our lives. Much to say. Hearing is something we need to work on continually. Listening is paying attention in order to hear. Psalm 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. we need to remind ourselves of the methods we use to hear the ocean in a seashell. To hear, not just to listen. When we listen to God, do we hear the content of what he says? Or do we hear just sounds? You remember the the Charlie Brown cartoons? There was a teacher when they were in class. The teacher made noise, but didn't have many words. I think it was just wah, 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 wah. And the kids were just off talking and doing their own thing. They didn't even hear what the teacher was saying. Do we fall in that trap? Of not hearing what God wants us to hear? At the end of this verse, it also reminds us that we're susceptible to return to folly or to foolishness. If we take our eyes off God, it's inevitable we could return to the foolish things of life. Isaiah 55, verse 2 says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Will we walk out of this service today, and I hope you say it was a good service, but forget what was said and go on about our business through our days. Look at the tremendous resource we have with God. He can give us wisdom, power, strength, encouragement, and the list is endless of the benefits we have with a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he wants to talk to each one of us. When we listen to God, we will have peace. Only he can give. Only he can give. We have contentment, confidence, and joy. All these attitudes leads us to peace. Where do we get the instructions on how to live our lives? What influences do we draw on to use as the basis to live our lives? Is it what we see in the world through the different types of media? Are we being influenced by the marketing tactics, telling us what we need to have and spend our money on to make us happy and live a full life? We can easily leave Christ out of our lives a little at a time. Do we only call on him when we think he is needed? Do we reach out in a quick prayer for help? Or do we call on him like a servant in a restaurant? God is much more than just our help. Christ is there for us for assurance. Who needs to be assured? Who needs to be assured that when our days are done here on this earth, we're heading to heaven? He gives us guidance and support, and he has our best interests at at hand. His plans are much more greater than what our plans are. He knows more than we think we know. That He knows more than what we think he knows. We put a limit on God. We put a barrier on God. But God is greater than our finite thinking. Look at the possibilities of knowing God and having his way in our lives. We can miss out on things we could have never have imagined by not putting God in control of every aspect. I remember this show, I I like this show, it's called Overhauling. And what they do is they take an old car that is special to someone and they make it a new car. They will, the, the budget is limitless. The talent pool is limitless. They make, they turn a wreck a junker, and make it a show car, worthy to be put on a pedestal. Often, when they expose it to the owner, because the owner has no idea that this is going on, it's a surprise. And when they reveal the car to the owner, a lot of times the owner states, wow. I could have never done this on my own. That's what we can have with God. We can have that with God. If we allow Him to take over, wow, God, I didn't know this even existed. I didn't even know this could happen. I didn't even know I was worthy of this blessing. God is about peace. In our sin-filled lives, he is the great peacemaker. It was our sin which prompted God's great peace plan. He took drastic measure to make peace with our broken relationship. Think about it. A father sends down his son to die. Could we do that? How much love does that take for us? It was a drastic measure. We should never forget what God did for us. We should never forget. Mankind's definition of peace is not God's definition. God's peace is different. The world away from God sees peace as absence of conflict. Well, it looks quite obvious that this will never happen if it's left up to mankind. Currently, there are wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, many other countries. What topic is mostly discussed in a school's history class? Wars. We got World Wars, Civil War, the War of Independence, wars in other countries, There's war on drugs, war on terrorism, and war on crime. We have wars in our own streets. There's kids killing kids. And the government is at a loss of what to do. The government is at a loss. The police departments, you hear one murder after another, after another, day after day after day. There's even wars in our families. And there's conflicts in our own heart. Where can we have peace in a peaceless world? We're seeing people revolting against their governments. The way things are going, we just don't don't see it in the near future. That is, if we're looking to ourselves for peace. But Billy Graham quotes, Jesus did not, didn't leave a material inheritance for his disciples. All he had when he died was a robe. But Jesus willed, or left, his followers something more valuable than gold. And gold is going up and up and up and up in value. He said, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. This is from Jesus. God says that we can have peace in a world full of conflict. How can it be? First, we need to remember who's ruling things here on earth. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 says, We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Does this verse tell us to throw in the towel and give up and give in to the things of the evil one? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Let us look to see what Jesus says. John 16, 33, The good news is here. Toward the end of Jesus' days, he spoke. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Christ is saying toward the end of His time here on earth that He is leaving His peace with His loved ones. This peace is more valuable than any material thing on earth. Christ is the only one who can give us this peace. It is definitely not the peace of this world. His peace is forever. How can we be troubled or fearful with this tremendous promise from God? The world bases its peace on its resources, while God's peace is based on a relationship. To be right with God means to enjoy the peace of God. To be right with God means to enjoy the peace of God. To be in a right relationship with God, we can have peace. The world depends on its personal abilities, but the Christian depends on the spiritual adequacy of Jesus Christ. In the world, peace is something you hope for or work for. But to the Christian, peace is a wonderful, God-given gift received by faith. Those who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ enjoy peace when there is an absence of trouble. Christians enjoy peace in spite of the circumstances. With the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. Those without a relationship with Jesus walk through life by what they see with the eyes in their head. But the Christian goes through life with faith and an eternal spiritual dependence on God. The Spirit of God teaches us the Word and guides us in spiritual truth. The Spirit of God reminds us of the peace of God as in John 14, 27. He also reminds us of his great love. John 15, 9 says, Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. The world over the history preaches peace, but not much has been accomplished. I remember my early years as a graphic artist, in the, and in my first paying job was in the fourth grade. I had drawn the graphic of the adopted peace sign. You know, the circle with the line down the middle and the two lines that come down? A couple classmates asked me to draw it on their books. I got paid a couple of candy bars. (laughs) But this sign was adopted in the 60s as a peace sign. You see it everywhere and you're starting to see a comeback. I'm seeing it on t-shirts, bumper stickers, necklaces. It's starting to make a comeback. But I'm not going to go over the origin of this sign, but if you want to, you can Google it or search it out. It, it'll give you a history and, it's, and it varies. It varies. But it was adopted as a peace symbol. Well. The symbol really doesn't give us too much peace, does it? But you know what symbol does? The cross. That gives us peace. What Christ did on the cross gives us true peace. God already wants us to give us an inheritance. The moment we, by faith, take God at his word and accept the precious gift of Jesus Christ as, his, as our Savior. He gives us peace, not as the world gives. He promises that with His peace, we do not have to live with troubled hearts or be fearful. We do not have to live with the pressures of this life by ourselves. I would like to ask you a question, and may you answer this in your own heart. Do you take Jesus Christ everywhere with you? every day? Are you in constant communication with Him throughout your days? We can let the entrapments of our daily tasks make us forget that we have the greatest resource closer, closer than being right at our fingertips. He's in our heart. This does not take away the concerns of life. We still have to live life. With life comes issues, the passing of loved ones, the uncertainty of job situations, financial, the list is on and on and on and on. Peace is from God. Peace from God is the knowledge that he is with us all the way. We can have a contentment and a peace with God knowing that in those difficult times, in those challenges, He's right there with us. He's right there with us. God-given peace tells us that we do not have to be troubled by the the goings-on of this world. The key word is troubled. We still need to remain active in life. We just don't need to be troubled by it. When we put our heads on the pillow before we go to sleep, this is a good peace of God gauge. When you put your head down, what are you thinking about? Do you allow the events of the day to trouble your heart? Or do we go to God, like we go to home base in TAG? Like when we go, he he is our rock. He is where we can abide and live. He should be where we go to first in times of trouble and in times of joy. Thanking Him constantly. Thanking Him. We talked about that in the memory class today. We have so much to be thankful for because of what God has done in our lives. We're not here by chance. We're not here out of chance, out of, out of randomness. We're here because God placed you here intently. To have peace, the peace of God, we have, first have to have peace with God. Romans 5.1, and this verse is very special to me, and it helped lead me to the Lord. Romans 5.1, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to have peace with God? The Christian is promised an eternal destination called heaven waiting for him or her when our days on earth here are done. This is a guaranteed promise from God. Not only this, but we can enjoy to live tremendously blessed lives during our time here on earth. This is not based upon the material trinkets of this life, which will perish, but on a contentment in a relationship with God. He wants wants to show us what He can do in our lives. He blesses us abundantly in so many ways so we can celebrate Him in our lives and give Him all the glory. By accepting deep in our heart God's plan of salvation, we can now have peace with God. The unsaved person has a broken relationship with God. How can a person have a peaceful existence not knowing that their eternal destination has not been settled? The days go by one after another after another. Time is fleeting. We all share the fact that our time here on earth is limited. The Bible promises that there is a heaven. The Bible also says that there is a hell. This hell is the, was not designed for people. But, but it is a destination for those who have not accepted Christ as their personal Savior. The barrier which stops a person from accepting God's salvation is their own stubborn pride. But once we have peace with God and the peace from God, we can now have the peace of God. This is an actual possession. This peace is experiencing every day by walking with Christ every moment of every day. The blessings of having peace with and from God. The peace of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful verse. What a wonderful verse with promises, instruction about prayer, and gratitude. Seeing that the peace of God surpasses our finite thinking, our limited capacity, God surpasses that. When unexpected events come our way, the Lord knows. He will give us guidance, direction, strength, like that we could not have come up with ourselves. The first sentence says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, what does anxious means? Worry. Worry. Worry is, a per, in our own personal mind, the Bible talks about worry, and in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, says, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Worry is a peace preventer. So what do we do instead of worry? It's on our minds. It's on our hearts. We're troubled. We pray. Paul is saying, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Paul, in this passage in Philippians, says, did not just say pray about it. He gave us instruction. He gives us instruction on how to pray. Prayer involves prayer, petition, or some other versions use supplication and thanksgiving. The word prayer in this passage is a general term of making requests known to God. By doing this, we first need to approach God giving him the reverence and the worship that he deserve, deserves. You know, it's like Ada, when he closed in prayer this morning's service, he acknowledged to God who he is before he continued on with the prayer. We need to approach God with reverence. This is a reminder to us of who we actually are talking to. It reminds us that this is God. This is God. How often do we just come in with our list of items that need help, and we just start in? God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need that. Amen. Wow. But Paul gives us instruction. Acknowledge who God is. And then he does want to hear our needs. But from our heart. From our heart, from deep inside our heart, an intense prayer. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus prayed that way. And as noted here, in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety or reverence to God. After adoration and supplication comes appreciation. Do you like to hear the words thank you when you do something for someone? Well, God does too. God does too. What is that? That acknowledges that you're appreciative of what was given. Remember the account when Jesus healed the ten lepers? How many showed appreciation? One. Do we fall short of showing gratitude to our Savior? We're eager to ask but slow to show appreciation. Paul tells us to take everything to God in prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. The result is is that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Remember that Paul was chained to a Roman soldier and guarded day and night. The peace of God stands guard over our hearts and minds. When we give our hearts to Christ in salvation, we experience peace with God, as in Romans 5.1. But the peace of God takes us into his blessings. This does not mean absence of trials or tribulations or difficult times. But what it does, it gives us a quiet confidence regardless of the circumstances. Remember the message Randy spoke a couple weeks ago about Daniel? Daniel's prayer is a wonderful illustration to support this instruction from Paul. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in the roof chamber he had opened the windows toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. These men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. In spite of what Daniel was facing, he had peace with God. Remember the king? He couldn't sleep that night. He was troubled. Daniel slept well. The king went in verse 18 of chapter 6. The king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and sleep fled from him. We also read that peace of God transcends all understanding. God, God's peace surpasses our own understanding, our own thinking. You know, this even surprises the Christians. When we face a, a difficult time and, and, and we don't have the anxiety, we don't have the worship, or the uh, we don't have that lack of, of, of hope, God gives us a calmness in those times knowing that he's taking control of the situation. I know for a fact there are many of us right now with heavy, heavy issues on their hearts. Right now. Where do I go? What do I do? The Lord is there with us. He is there and he takes over. Where do we go from here? We've heard the promises from God that we can have peace with, peace from, and the peace of God. An eternal peace. A peace that surpasses our own understanding. What I have learned in my walk with Christ is that He takes His own time. He takes His time. Quite often He has this wait for Him to unfold His desires in our lives. His principles may not necessarily have immediate outcomes that we can see, but He wants us to be patient in watching Him weave the results. Often when a person looks back on a God-given result, we can see His ways and the way He worked. The more we walk with God, the more we can trust Him as, as we grow. We often forget that he not only can handle the big things in our lives, but he's not too busy to handle the little things before they become big things. We need to know God, we need to embrace God, and we need to trust God. Do we have peace in our own hearts? A deep-down peace knowing that we are secure in our relationship with God and our eternal destination are we at peace remember the anticipation of going on a vacation the build up begins with the possibility to the planning to the days leading up to it how did we feel that great anticipation of knowing that we have heaven waiting for us. We're studying that topic in the memory class, heaven. Heaven. The word in itself sounds wonderful. But where it is and where we are going is beyond our own understanding. We just know it's a wonderful place. And it is waiting for us. The world is not going to have peace, permanent peace, until the Prince of Peace returns. And He's coming. And He's coming. Our time here is done for this moment. But remember, when you walk out through those doors, remember the peace that God can give, that we can have. We don't need to be ashamed of it. How can we be content when other people are troubled? How can we be joyful? Don't be ashamed of that. God wants us to live peaceful lives and be at peace inside our own hearts. That when we do put our heads on the pillow, we say, thank you, Lord. This is tough, but I know you're there with me. I know you're there, have a plan for me. Give me guidance, give me direction, and leave it with him. We have a tremendous, tremendous friend. He's just not our helper, but he is there for us, and he loves us tremendously. You can have peace in a peaceless world. Time's up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful for your goodness, for your grace and your mercy. And, Lord, we're very thankful for this topic of peace, That in spite of difficult situations, in spite of calamity, in spite of those pressures of life, we can have peace. Because you don't leave us. You don't throw us away. You're there with us every step of the way. And you have a plan. And Lord, we're very thankful for this reminder. That even though this world lacks peace, we can have peace with you. Peace in our own hearts. Lord, we're very thankful for this. And we're thankful for our time together. And we just pray that you work on our hearts each and every day and remind us how great you are. Lord, we're very thankful for this precious time. And we ask your blessing as we go out into this world. We love you and praise you in your name. Amen.